What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode nine of the Patrick Hatter Fantasy Football Podcast. Episode nine, quarterback bitcoins. Yes, you heard me right. This week's episode is called quarterback bitcoins because we are at that point in the season, everyone. Quarterbacks are going down left and right with either minor or major injuries. And the injury bug has bitten a lot of people with position players like David Johnson early in the season. And now it has happened to some of the starting quarterbacks, most notably the great Aaron Rodgers. Discount double check. And um, yeah, we took a week off last week because I just didn't think it was proper. Um, It was out of respect to Aaron Rodgers. um, In my opinion, the best quarterback in the league not named Tom Brady. He plays the position a little bit better. Aaron Rodgers went down. I didn't feel it was proper to conduct a podcast last week. And frankly, I was moving and my voice hurt. So deal with it. Um, But for all intents and purposes, we're having a week of silence uh, for the great Aaron Rodgers going down and breaking his clavicle. Uh, Dirty hit, not dirty hit. Yeah, it's football. Let's deal with it. Um, But yes, the injury bug has bitten folks and it has bitten hard. And Take it from someone who's in a two-quarterback league. I mean, my league is now picking at the waiver wire for guys like McCowan and Brett Hundley, Aaron Rodgers' replacement, and God knows who's starting for quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, No one knows who to pick up this week, Kessler, Kaiser, or Hogan. Um, But when you're in a deep league, folks, and especially if you're in a deep league with two quarterbacks, now is the time of year where you have to get creative. You might have to pick up Mitch Trubisky, even though he has been looking like a rookie uh, with a good play here and there. But wow, not much scoring. And the quarterbacks are just becoming more and more scarce as the year goes on. Uh, We saw that yesterday um, with Jay Cutler going down, falling, falling to the ground with a cigarette in his mouth. Um, and you know, that was tough if you were starting him. Uh, but honestly, Matt Moore looked pretty good, uh, seemed to have good control of the offense. And he's someone who will be obviously a hot waiver wire pickup. Uh, Carson Palmer went down. Um, I think it was, it was his left shoulder, non-throwing shoulder, but still, I mean, and you dealt with Marcus Mariota and Winston over the last couple weeks, kind of being unsure what was going on with them and a couple of their injuries. So it's tough, man. Um, Andrew Luck's still not back. It doesn't look like he's even really going to play this season. It looks like they're going to go with Brissette and basically probably just tell him to run for his life. But it's um, it's going to get weird, and it's going to get interesting because you know players at this point in the season are just dropping like flies. And honestly, in my opinion, you've started to see some of the, the effects of, not that guys don't get injured every year, but you're starting to see some of the effects of Maybe that less practice time, maybe some of the non-contact practices that they really moved towards over the past couple years because, I mean, wow, football was sloppy for the first couple weeks. The last the last couple weeks, pretty much weeks three through six, seven, have been really, really good. Um, not the one o'clock games yesterday. Those were atrocious. There were, you know, wasn't even an offensive touchdown half, you know, for most of those games, a lot of defensive touchdowns, but um yeah, I mean, you've totally seen, you know, the beginning of the year, it seemed like people looked sloppy, especially guys like Le'Veon Bell who weren't in camp. Um, so many penalties. I mean, the flags are just getting absurd. Literally, every every single play, I'm trying to watch Red Zone, or if I'm tuned into a single game, just trying to, you know, concentrate on one of my fantasy players, every time it seems like there's a big play, 
or there's a long run, or you know there's a quarterback scramble and finds a receiver deep down the field, guess what? The laundry's coming out, the flag's coming out, and frankly, I'm getting sick of it because, wow, uh, the product has just been not great. And with the injuries going down, like that game with Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees was supposed to be a high-flying matchup of offenses and Jordy Nelson all over the field and Michael Thomas all over the field and blah, blah, blah. And we end up getting Brett Hundley versus Drew Brees, and it's just not the same thing. So these quarterbacks need to stay healthy. They need to figure out a way to get these players' bodies probably better prepared for the season. I don't know. I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. Just stop getting hurt and get us fantasy points. (laughs) Completely contradictory to my points last week about (laughs) leave players alone on Twitter. But, you know, whatever. We make do with what we got. So, wow. Quarterbacks, quarterback bitcoins. Valuable. Quarterbacks, literally Mitch Trubisky this week on my waiver wire is like gold. Like, because any quarter, any in a two-quarterback league format right now, any starting quarterback, Matt Moore is going to suck up a lot of free agency money in my league, and it's probably going to be a high waiver priority for a, lot of, for a lot of people. I'm happy McCowan finally got picked up, though, from the Jets because he's been balling out. I mean, I was seeing some metrics earlier about, like, on a points-per-game standpoint and standard scoring, how he's actually better than Matt Ryan right now, um, slightly, but... Um, yeah, it's crazy. Matt Ryan just does not look the same as last year. And, you know, a lot of people put big stock into what he was going to be this year coming off that MVP season and, you know, really being like, hey, they lost the Super Bowl. Um, you know, they're going to come back with a vengeance this year. And it's been, it hasn't been great. I mean, they've been close to losing a couple games and his fantasy output has just been, you know, not like we just said, he matches up with Josh McCowan on a couple of them, and McCowan's actually pretty pretty. The Jets are playing, the Jets are kind of playing with their balls out right now, and they're doing it with like a cast of you know no name guys, like a cast of guys off the street. It seems like, and they've wanted like they were expected to be in the top three picks. You know, and basically, you know, I I listen to a lot of New York sports talk radio, and the Jets were essentially going to be the team where it was like, oh, we know we're going to go two and fourteen, we know we're going to go one and fifteen. This is the worst roster in football. It looks like they're tanking. And you know what? These guys are pro athletes, man. They play for pride, and they are going out there with their balls out and just saying, we're the Jets. They're already up to like three wins, and um, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty impressive what they're doing. And uh, McCowan been a pretty good fantasy option so far. So it's like, who knows, man? It's like I say on a week-to-week basis. Like, you really never know, you know, what's what's going on or what's happening. Um, all of the predictions, like, this week said, like, Melvin Gordon was an RB1, especially after the Broncos gave up, you know, a 100-yard game to Orleans Darqua for the Giants. And, you know, he ends up running four straight times, you know, on the goal line into the Broncos defense. It doesn't even score. Uh, I knew it was going to be a rough day after that. Um, So, yeah, you never know what the hell is going to happen on a week-to-week basis. But the one thing we do know that's going to happen is you're always going to be mixing it up with your friends and talking smack on a weekly basis. Um, And that leads me to bringing in uh, my good friend Rob, who was the 2015 champion of the Goon Squad Fantasy Football League of America. That is my prestigious league, probably the most important one in the country right now. 
And um, Rob it was the 2015 champ um, where he beat me. Um, very lucky. He was very lucky in that matchup. And he is consistently um, a top fantasy player in our league. And he's currently in first place right now, um, scoring the most points in the league. All right, I'm, I'm tired of building you up a little bit. Let's just, let's just talk some fantasy. Um, obviously, I wanted to have you on the podcast this week because you're using some kind of witchcraft magic analytics to get complete and utter value, as you say, out of your players this year, especially with not even spending that much of your money in the in the on our auction draft style. And first of all, Rob, welcome. Thank you for being on the podcast with us this week. <laughs> no, thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me. Um, I do want to say, are, are you noticing a trend? You you called me the 2015 champ. How did I finish in the regular season in 2016? Well, in 2016, you won the regular season and you were knocked out in the first round, which was the semifinals. So I'd imagine that was a pretty disappointing moment for you. It was certainly not the finish I was looking for. However, it was that's what she said. Season. <laughs> it was a season mired with scandal, and it was probably best that I went quietly into the night. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely it was definitely an interesting season from a controversy perspective because, um, as I've discussed on this podcast before, and a lot of leagues are always trying to. Um, figure out how their rules are going to interact with the different personalities and different ways of doing business within the league. You've always had some interesting tactics. Um, but yeah, you did finish um, not how you wanted to last year. But yeah, I guess you're in first place again this year. And frankly, no one knows how the hell you're doing it. And it doesn't make any goddamn sense to me because you seem to have these guys that you're pulling off the street and pulling out of weird places. And somehow you're still scoring more points than everyone. So why don't you... Tell us, without giving too much of your secret recipe away, of how you are continuously finishing towards the top of our highly competitive fantasy football league. I, I would be happy to. However, before I, I jump into my value-based tangent, I do want to give a quick shout-out to the one, the only, the, the gloveless wonder, Matt Collins who just scored a massive touchdown in the Monday night football game. I believe I was parroting in the group chat all, all the great things these scouts had to say about Max in the combine. Uh, and it was just a matter of time before he did UNC proud and, and scored a big touchdown here with, with Carson Wentz behind center. So shout out to Max Collins and UNC. <laughs> Yeah, that's good news. That's good news for me right now because obviously with the Eagles, now they're in the third quarter. Eagles are up 24 to 10 over the Redskins right now. First of all, quick aside, why do I feel like John Gruden is always doing his brother's Jay Gruden's games? I feel like he's literally doing his games every week. That's weird. Whatever. Uh, a little bit of nepotism there. Um, but yeah, Eagles are up 24 10 right now. But that's good news for me because I only needed 15.88 points out of. Chris Thompson tonight, and it looks like he's going to have some nice garbage dump-off passes, and I should get there. But, um, you know, we'll see. Maybe um, got something in store for Jack later. Um, but, yeah, why don't – go ahead. That 15.88 points was approximate, right? No, that was exact. Um, all right, well, let's, let's jump into, the I guess, the main reason why you had me on here. Uh, we won't drag your listeners along too much longer. 
Um, so this value or this uh, dollar-based scheme that you believe that I've come up with, um, it, it, it's actually quite simple, and I, I've tried to take the time out to explain it to a few others in the league. Um, most have not taken to it. No, really. <laughs> yet. <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, they'll, they'll learn to listen. Um, I, I think a few guys have warmed up to the concept. Uh, you know, I, I've talked to a, a few people in other leagues, uh, and I'm talking, you know, local leagues, not expert leagues, uh, that are, are warming up to the concept. But it, it's surprising to me how limited the, the spread is, especially given how widespread fantasy football has become. Uh, this is actually a, a method I pulled from football guys, and it is something that they've been touting actually for the last couple of years and something that's continued to evolve uh, since it was first published by them back in, in the early 2010s. Or what is it? What it tell us what it is. What it is is you're, it's basically a system that you can use for snake or auction-style drafts that places a value on a player based on their distance from the average player or average replacement player. So you can set the average replacement player wherever you want. Mm -hmm. I want you, for simplicity's sake, to think of him as either the first guy on the waiver wire that's going to get picked up this week or the, the first guy that's on the average bench. And so what you do is you set that as the point floor and you set that as zero and then you determine the difference between that zero and the player that you're trying to evaluate within each position. So this is position-specific, and it's how it leads you to determine different values for different types of players. So, for example, it's why you see quarterbacks in 1QB leagues going in the 8th, ninth, and 10th round. So just because Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, well, and if we're going to go with this year, Alex Smith and Deshaun Watson are exploding onto the scene and have the most points, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're actually the most valuable players in the league. And you might be asking, well, why is that? It's because the player that you can replace him with, the 11th quarterback, which this year, given a four-point-per-touchdown scoring system is actually it's like the Jameis Winston, Matthew Stafford era. It's Jameis Winston. He's number 11. Okay. He's going to score you about 16 and a half points a week. And right now, Deshaun Watson's scoring you 22 and a half. So there's a six point, dif six point difference, which is significant. However, if you go and look at the running backs, and you look at the average replacement player, which is usually somewhere in, like, the 20s, mm -hmm. he's scoring you about 9 to 10 points, whereas Todd Gurley and Kareem Hunt are scoring you 21 and 20 points. So the difference there is about 11 to 12, whereas we just looked at the quarterbacks, which are 6. So what that means is that Todd Gurley and or Kareem Hunt are twice as valuable to your roster as Alex Smith or Deshaun Watson uh, in a one QB league. Does that make sense? Okay. 
No, it makes sense. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not sure if it'll make sense to a lot of people who are just looking for quick tips and not looking to put a lot of work into it. But then again, maybe those people don't, don't deserve to win their fantasy matchup or their fantasy league in general. Now, it absolutely makes sense to me, uh, but obviously we're both extremely smart, so you know that might alienate some other people. Um, you know that. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna self-proclaim ourselves smart now. Is that how yeah, that goes? I don't know. I guess. Do you see anyone else doing a podcast about it? Um, no. So I would say for people who are maybe interested in the quick facts and how they can get these quick tips, I know you interact on Twitter with some people, and I know there's a couple accounts. Are there any like tips that you have um, for things that you can follow that kind of might give you some of these, you know, quick little nuggets of knowledge without having to do the extensive work? Just because some people don't want to do the extensive work with their fantasy. Absolutely, and I think the important thing to note here is that this is typically something you would do in the off season as you're prepping for your draft. Uh, now, it's something I continue to do throughout the season to get a refresh of the player values so that I'm better prepared when entering trade negotiations. But I wouldn't expect the average player to uh, follow along. But what, I, what I would do, though, if you are you know, your, your typical casual fantasy player, is I, I would begin to get an understanding of you know, your different thresholds for fantasy players. So in a typical fantasy roster, you have one QB, three wide receivers, two running backs, and a tight end. So if you're playing in a 10-team league, and and you can extrapolate this out for either 8, 12, 14, but if you're playing in a 10-team league, that means what you should be doing is look at how many points the 10th or 11th quarterback is scoring, the 20th or 21st running back, uh, the 30th or 31st wide receiver, and again, the 10th or 11th tight end. And just use that as your baseline. And then start looking at the players that you're either looking to trade for or might be available on the waiver wire that are above that threshold because those, mm. are, your, those are your starters, right? If they're ranked or projected to be ranked within that range by position – those are your starting players, and those are the people that you want to be picking out to put on your roster. Right. And, again, if you go back from the gap and you want to dig a little bit deeper and understand just how much more valuable one player is than the other, you can leverage that method that I was discussing where you start assessing, okay, how far is, you know, my QB, let's say who's QB3, from that QB10 or 11? Or how far are my running backs from that RB 20 to 21? And you can get an assessment of, okay, now do I want to trade Kareem Hunt for Deshaun Watson? And if you look at the numbers, you might realize, ah, man, well, if I trade Kareem Hunt, I'm giving up 12 points. And when I get Deshaun Watson back, I'm only getting six. So that really hurts me, and it's not a trade that I should make. I think so this, that's the best way to sum it all up. So this was some of the witchcraft you were trying to pull on me um, before the Thursday night game this past week when you were really making a push for Amari Cooper, is from what I understand. <laughs> well, I, I think Amari Cooper is a very different uh, case study. That's, that's one of those case studies where you just have to trust in talent, um, and you also have to look at the uh, year as a whole. Uh, you know, a player like Amari Cooper – 
who is most dangerous on explosive plays. You know, think T.Y. Hilton, someone similar to that effect. Um, he, he's only going to score when he gets the ball in his hands. And he was not getting the ball in his hands. You know, Derek Carr was hurt for a little while. Um, but you were starting to see some signs of positive regression. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> Guess what? I started him. I started him for six consecutive weeks, and obviously the only the only big play he had was Week One, where he caught the ball at like the thirteen yard line and like dr- you know dragged five guys into the end zone with him. And I was like, wow, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good year for Amari, considering how much money I spent on him. And then he consistently rips off. I mean, literally, literally his first, literally after Week One, Week Two through Six with Amari Cooper. Literally, 13 receptions for 84 yards and no touchdowns. He was scoring me one point a week. I knew you were, I knew, and we were we were in agreement when we were in talks of trade that Amari was going to break out at some point. He's too talented not to, even though he also has the most drops in the league, and that's, like, that's a major glaring problem. Like, when I watch him drop easy passes in his hands, I'm like, wow. Like, if you weren't so talented, you would be cut in a second in the NFL. But obviously, then he rips off, okay, so you and I are in trade talks for Amari Cooper, like, literally Thursday at 8.15, and I was like, you know what, I'm not, yeah, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, because I'm gonna, my, his, I told you, his value will go up if he has a big game, but I still sat him, because I had Crabtree, and I had Tyreek Hill, and Demarius Thomas was coming off a good week, and you know, I was like, you know what, he doesn't deserve to be started anymore, I said, if you're gonna rip off one point a week, you're getting sat down on the bench, and obviously, uh, my ball shot back into up into my stomach when he scored the first one and tiptoed the pylon, and I was like, "Oh, there's no way this is ending well." And of course, he ends up with 19 targets, 11 receptions, 210 yards, and two touchdowns. And he still even had a couple of drops, which was incredible. And we actually we had someone um, email in the podcast. This was from Pete. Um, emailed the show at Hatter Podcast. Um, at gmail.com, H-A-T-T-E-R podcast at gmail.com. Um, I guess he wants to give a little shout-out or um, knock one of the guys in his league. Um, his email was, Why did Greg and John both sit Amari Cooper when he is one of the best receivers in the game? Overthinking fantasy managers, maybe? Well, yeah, we weren't overthinking anything. We were thinking that he was getting us one point a week, and then, of course, like poetic justice, like fantasy justice is, um, he rips off um, a major game, but um, I am happy I did not trade him to you because um, now I have some trade bait or I have a starting receiver going forward. I'm not sure which one it is. Well, you, you bring up a couple of great points there. I, I, I think first and foremost, Amari Cooper was in a dream matchup against uh, Mitchell. I believe it's – I don't remember his first name, but Mitchell, who has given up a league-leading – it was 479 yards to opposing wide receivers going into the matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, this Kansas City defense has been beleaguered since the loss of, of Eric Berry. They couldn't get any pressure. Um, and, I mean, as you saw in the first play, the, the defender fell over. So, you know, Amari really took advantage of the opportunity that was put in front of them. I think the second point is, though, I would caution owners that, the Amari Cooper that you saw is the same Amari Cooper that you've seen for weeks. He had a lot of drops. However, once he got the ball in his hands, he took advantage of the opportunity. So the question going forward is, is how many of those opportunities is he going to continue to get? 
I would be very worrisome in a strong cornerback matchup where you have uh, someone like a Patrick Peterson or an Akeem Talib in press coverage against Amari. I don't think he's going to be successful in those matchups. Well, obviously, that's what you saw the first couple weeks when he was really, like, he looked like he was just completely out of the game. My personal perspective on it was that, obviously, Derek Carr, anytime he gets anywhere near the red zone, he's trusting Michael Crabtree because of his hands. And, obviously, Crabtree has six touchdowns on the season, and it's fairly obvious. I mean, he went to him for the game-winning touchdown in that game, obviously, after the couple penalties that they had. But... Obviously, with the drops Amari's had, I think that was a message that they were the coaching staff or offensive coordinator or whatever was sending to him and saying, listen, if you're going to drop the ball like this, we're just going to not throw it to you, and we'll throw to Crabtree, uh, we'll throw to Jared Cook, and we'll throw to some of the other guys we have on this team uh, because you're just not getting it done for us. Um, a couple, couple interesting numbers that I wanted to get your perspective on um, as it, oh, wow, it looks like. Um, Washington's close to going in and scoring right now. Uh, first and goal on the Philadelphia Five. We'll monitor that. But um, it looks like I was looking at some numbers today, and there's some big-time wide receivers in the league that are yet to score a touchdown, and some of them honestly only have one touchdown, which was kind of crazy because you know a lot of fantasy matchups are so touchdown-heavy um, obviously the yardage and the, and the PPR leagues are great for receivers, but I mean, just looking at some of the numbers, like Adam Thielen, obviously having, you know, on pace for a thousand yard season, 529 yards, zero touchdowns, Demarius Thomas, only 389 yards, but no touchdowns. T.Y. Hilton, 512 yards, one touchdown. Keenan Allen, 487, one touchdown. Julio Jones, who just scored his first touchdown this week, 466 yards, but only one touchdown. Kelvin Benjamin, 436, one touchdown. And then you have guys like Michael Crabtree who have six. So it's just like, it's interesting the amount of, you know, number one wide receivers um, that only seem to, you know, really not be getting that pay dirt. I don't know, like, what do you attribute that to? Just the flow of the game or what? Well, so I do, as you said before, follow a lot of different fantasy experts on Twitter. And if you are serious about fantasy and you don't have the time to do a lot of the detailed research yourself, I would highly recommend it. Um, but one thing that I have found to be an effective tool for predicting future touchdowns um, has been uh, Actual Opportunity, which is part of uh, Pro Football Focus. Um, ESPN's Mike Clay has uh, OTD, which is an expected offensive touchdown scored metric. Uh, and that's the one I'll actually reference for for this item, uh, but with Adam Thielen, who's on my roster, who, as you mentioned, has 500-plus yards and still no touchdowns, I, I believe the, the regression rate is he's expected to have, like, four touchdowns by now. Four, which is unbelievable. Um, you hit on another one of the big ones, Julio Jones. Uh, Julio Jones has been plagued by a lack of touchdowns over the years. Um, so it wasn't entirely surprising that he got one late. Um, what is surprising is that they just continue to refuse to throw him the ball in the red zone. I mean, if, if you saw that catch uh, last night uh, against the Patriots, I don't know how you don't just throw it to him in triple coverage. I mean, he pulled the ball right out of the, the defender's hands. It was yeah, he looked angry. He looked angry about that one. He was like, give me that. Give me that touchdown because he was just he – he's been sick of it, man. And I tell you what, I mean – Obviously, guys want to score the ball. Um, 
you know, it's it's. But once again, like, listen, I I do I do follow some of the things that you do as well with some of the more advanced metrics and advanced analytics. Um, at the end of the day, unfortunately, whether it be you know the the Pro Football Focus, whether it even be anything from Roto, anything to even the Yahoo projection, projections and things like that, it just still amazes me how you know you can be so set up and with every projection telling you that you know this is going to happen this week like you know this this running back is an RB1 against this defense and they're going to blow up and they're going to turn their season around cuz this defense has given up five consecutive 100 yard rushers and you know and it's just like and then they go in and they shut down a running back for you know 20 carries for 38 yards and you're just like wow even with anything, we still know absolutely nothing. I just find that amazing sometimes because I always say, and I've said it before on this podcast, anytime I'm looking to switch my lineup for the week or insert someone into my lineup, my main fantasy rule for anyone out there is go with your gut and then do the exact opposite. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, yeah, and, and that's kind of the beauty of, fantasy football and, and football itself is that, you know, no matter what the matchups are, um, you know, there's still a human element to the game. Um, so even though typically when you see, you know, an RB1 going against, you know, a bottom three rushing defense, you know, there's a reason they're a bottom three rushing defense because they've been steamrolled all year long. Um, but anything can happen. And it's not necessarily an assurance that if you start that top three running back against the bottom three defense, um, that you're going to score big points. Um, and, and the same thing goes back for touchdowns, too. Again, there's a human element to the game. Um, you know, it's a season-long game, and just because a guy hasn't scored yet doesn't mean he won't. And just because a guy scored, you know, five or six touchdowns early on doesn't mean he'll continue at that pace. Right. No, exactly. I mean, it's it's always interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, the one, th- The only things that I'm completely sure of in my life um, like I tell you guys on a daily basis, are um, death, taxes, LeBron James in the finals, um, and that the Browns will completely ruin every offensive player that they ever get. Um, and it's just a nightmare, man. I mean, I don't know. I've never seen a team, um, obviously, since we've been growing up, not been able, because obviously they were good before, you know, um, you know, we really became football fans. But wow, um, they just can't get anything right. And you know, it's like now that I was talking about earlier how we're in a two quarterback format and like the the name of today's episode is quarterback bitcoins because like there's it's such a premium right now. And even a two quarterback format like we play like literally this week, like you're looking for gold on the waiver wire with just getting a starting quarterback. It doesn't even matter who the hell it is. I mean, it could be Trubisky. It could be Matt Moore. Um, it was McCowan last week. It was, you know, it's like we're just looking for to get any starting quarterback now to insert into your lineup so you don't have to go with an empty position slot. And it's like you're in a weird situation with how bad the Browns manage their offensive players and their quarterbacks that you don't even know whether to pick up this week Kaiser, Kessler, or Hogan. It's weird. I've never seen a franchise more mismanaged from a quarterback perspective than the Browns. Yeah, it really is unbelievable. Um, you know, everyone keeps passing around the same meme with, you know, I think we're at 20... I think it's like 22. They, they've made 10 quarterback changes in the last 22 games, which is unbelievable. And then I think it's we're at 24 quarterbacks over the last 12 years. It, it's 
astronomical numbers, something that we just have not seen on a regular basis in the NFL. And they really have become the laughing stock of the NFL, both from a, a talent perspective, from a coaching perspective, and even a front office perspective. It's a shame. Yeah, that's why everyone is so quick. Like, I always talk about everyone's so quick, especially New York Sports Talk Radio that I listen to a lot. Everyone's always like, is it time to move on from Eli Manning? Listen, it very well might be. But just remember that there's only 32 quarterbacks in the league that are starters, and there's only 32 of those jobs in the world, and they're the best at their jobs in the world, So, and there's a higher cream of the crop, and there's different tiers of quarterbacks. You know, fans who get pissed off at, at Cam Newton every now and then for being average at time with his completion percentage, or, you know, people who get angry at, you know, Carson Palmer near the end part of his career now, or, you know, Eli on a daily basis, from not even just from a regular team and fan perspective, but from a fantasy perspective, uh, just remember that there are the alternatives, and those alternatives are situations that you get into with, you know, the Texans over the last X amount of years before they apparently found a Sean Watson with starting a million different guys since Matt Schaub and and the, the Browns quarterback situations. Just just appreciate appreciate what you have a little bit in Eli Manning. And he did win you two Super Bowls too. So um no, listen, man, I, I, I really I really appreciate having you on. We got we always have um some fun in our league, even though it might break up some friendships from time to time. Um, but, um, you know, we go hard at fantasy every week and it's one of the most exciting things that, um, you know, we, we still stay connected with, with, with our friends and, um, everyone else does that as well. And it's fantasy is something that, you know, always brings you together and, um, allows you to talk shit and, um, just really enjoy the football season more than just, um, you know, watching regular games. So, um, really appreciate having you on and, and thank you for the insight. Uh, this was something that, you know, we really haven't had yet. Um, where it was a little more into the um, the analytics and um, some of the deeper stuff. But uh, thank you for being on, and I hope to um, see you lose in the coming weeks so I can um, ascend from third place to um, first place. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here. All right, man. Well, you have a good rest of your night with this Monday Night Football game. I need uh, still four and a half, five more points out of Thompson in this fourth quarter. So um, I need to get my ass over to the TV and continue to watch this game. All right, man. Good luck to you. All right. Thanks, brother. All right. That was my boy, Rob, 2015 champ of the Goon Squad Fantasy Football League of America. Um, Yeah, he was coming in. (laughs) I always make fun of him because I call it witchcraft um, analytics that he uses because I mean, he didn't even, he used like 60% or 70% of his draft money because uh, we do auction style. And everyone's like, what the hell are you doing? And here we are a couple, he did get lucky. Okay, he did get lucky by taking Kareem Hunt because no one saw that coming. Everyone thought Spencer Ware was going to have another good season like he did last year. Okay, so he got Kareem Hunt and he ended up hoodwinking someone into a trade for Zeke. And I don't even know what the hell's going on with him. But uh, yeah, Rob does have the most points in our league. He won the league last or two years ago. Um, against me, or 2015, whatever the hell it was, but he's doing a good job, um, even though we used to have a rule, um, <laughs> we never enforced it, but the rule was if Rob won the league, um, everyone got their money back, so I um, wish we would have carried that out <clears throat> in 2015, because he beat me, and uh, yeah, it was a tough time, tough time for everyone, um, but <laughs> that is, you know, um, oh yeah, so what, what am I looking at here? Yeah, just before I before I finish up tonight, a couple guys that'll be on your waiver wire this week. Uh, Jermaine Curse from the Jets, 
27 receptions, 328 yards, four touchdowns. Evan Ingram, um, especially with the absence of Brandon Marshall and Odell Beckham Jr., um, even though Sterling Shepard coming back will spread the field a little bit more, especially on those slant routes. Um, Evan Ingram looks like he's going to be a pretty damn good tight end. I'm um, going to gobble up a lot of receptions. So he already has 342 yards on the season, three touchdowns. Look for Eli to be hitting him a lot. Uh, he should be on your waiver wire, um, especially if you know you don't use a traditional tight end format. Um, and Ted Ginn Jr. is still hanging around. That man just knows how to get out of bounds. Um, he's available on a lot of waiver wires, actually. Um, 22 receptions, 353 yards, and two touchdowns. So um, wish everyone the best of luck this week. We're finally back. And... Um, Quarterback Bitcoins, there's where we're at. Quarterbacks are dropping like flies, and um, hope you all have a backup option because that's where we're at. It's the time of year where the injury bug is biting, and yeah, um, it's time to get creative. Um, but thank you for listening to Episode 9 of the Patrick Hatter Fantasy Football Podcast. Like I said, you can always email the show. We love to hear from you some funny stories, questions, whatever it may be. Um, hatterpodcast at gmail.com, H-A-T-T-E-R podcast at gmail.com. Um, enjoy the rest of the Monday Night Football game, even though you'll be listening to this tomorrow. The show is not live, so that didn't make any goddamn sense. And um, enjoy the rest of your week. We will see you next time.